Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. But, that, you know, I mean, that, that's the only strategy we have, love. Like, when you, if you're looking for formulas, it's love. Our love for one another is a sign to the world that we follow Jesus. And then as we unite in that love, in him, it says the world will believe that God sent Jesus. It, you either believe that or you don't. So we may as well get this love thing primary and walk, and walk in it, right? I mean, because it's the only hope that we have to be effective. All the gifts will fail at some point, but love never fails. I mean, you hear it. It's cliche at this point. You hear it so much, but it's the only effective strategy that will last. And Jesus laid it out very clearly, so much so that he commanded it. I mean, it's his commandment, love, because it's effective. Amen? Amen. And it's not weak. Love is not weak. Love is not passive. Love is not permissive. Love is truth, right? It's spiritual life that we give people that transcends the carnality that we're worried about people falling into. I hope we're recording that because I don't know if I could say that again. <laughs> Love, when it's displayed properly, spiritually, transcends all of that negative carnal stuff that we're worried that people will fall into if we show them love. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a life in it that we don't trust that's a spiritual power that's real. That if we will put it into this world, it will produce, it will grow, it will manifest. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Anyway, we can't lose hope. In spite of what? the TV tells you, right? All right, so let me, just go, let me just give these, and I think these will resonate with some of you, and some of you heard these as well, so this will confirm. But, you know, so the second song, he doesn't give his heart in pieces. And really, this is going to all kind of tie in together, but I want to hit these ideas. First off, this one. I, I, I'm, I'm not one that's big on... You know, God's getting ready to do something or, you know, God's doing this thing because it's like for me, he's already done everything he's going to do in Jesus. But we know that the mystery of the kingdom that Jesus talked about is the condition of your heart experiencing different degrees of the kingdom at different times. It's not God saying, I'm now going to release this for the body and now we're going to be able to do this when we previously couldn't before. It's no for whatever reason, certain sections of the body open their hearts to access what he's already given in Jesus, and then that's what looks like revival and stuff like that. But this thing that I felt this morning, was like it was like a pop. And I think there are some things clicking in some people's hearts, and I think this unity, because I'm hearing it from lots of different places in the body of Christ, you know, this desire for us to actually represent God collectively toward the world. Not just to get save people from hell, although that's incredibly important, but that so that the kingdom would increase on this planet. Because that's what God wants. He wants us to thrive in him. 
and live on this planet as he intended it to be. And he put within us what it takes for us to experience that. We're experiencing it spiritually, but as we trust him and walk with him, we experience it on this planet. And love is the environment. But what I felt this morning, and, and it was even for me, I think for this church, and maybe even for some of you, was like, remember those old school bathtub plugs that, when, that you plug something up and you pull the chain and it, it pops, you know? Well, that was a good one. Reese used to do that all the time. He, he discovered his bottom lip one time, and all he would do is make that noise. It's, <laughs> we had lots of practice on it. But, but that's what I heard and felt, and, and it, I felt like something uncorked, you know, because it, it's like it's not that we're distant from God and we're waiting for him to show up and do a new thing. That new thing was Jesus, amen? The only thing God's getting ready to do is remind you of what he's already done in Jesus. And the mystery is the degree to which you let his spirit within you lead you and teach you how to bear that fruit. Amen? But I felt that. I mean, personally, I felt that. Did anybody feel like, oh, there was a, bit, there was a release this morning? There was, you know, and it can be in different forms. Somebody may have seen something or heard something, and, you know, like chains. He was singing chains breaking. For me, it was an old-school bathtub plug. What was it for you? What did you feel? What did, you, did you feel a sense of release? Did you feel? Maybe it's just you get clarity on something that you've been wrestling with. Maybe that was the release for you, you know? Maybe it was I got an email and I'm not going to worry because what's the point in worrying, right? Well, whatever it was for you, hold on to that because that's a promise. That's you accessing grace by faith. That's you having some kind of hope in your heart to believe. And when you believe, you will receive. It's just true. So have confidence in that. Have confidence in that hope when that hope comes up. Hope is a little dangerous sometimes. It's scary because especially in areas where we had hope before and we lost that hope and our heart got sick in that area or bruised, you know, like a bruising. We, our heart can get bruised. You know, you take a hit on your arm or whatever, your leg. How many bruise easily? Yeah, you take a hit on your leg and it's like, where did that come from? I don't even... But a bruise is... It, life is not flowing through that area, and our heart can get bruised, and bruises are painful because the life is not flowing through like it should be in that area. And so it's not that God is withholding or he's finally going to show up and do for you what he didn't do before. It's just that your heart is finally now going to let him transform you. You will let yourself experience transformation now, and it's a choice. You know what I'm talking about. When you're trusting and you're trying to trust and you're trying to hold on to hope, but yet you still have that little sense of worry or you still have that addiction that you kind of go play with a little bit or you still have that negative way of talking. or th You know, there's that, there's that little thing in there that you just kind of, it's like I'm still holding on to this a little bit. You know, it's, I can't really articulate. You know what I'm talking about? Those thought processes. It's like when we try to trust God, whatever that little anchor is that's holding you in. You hang on to that. So we hang on to that stuff, and it's hard to let it go completely and then continue to have hope. But you, you have to. When you're taking this heart journey, when you're realizing that your completeness is in Christ, you have to learn how to engage God at a heart level. Let that transformative grace work on you. 
and it will. It's like a tree that you plant, and those roots just grow deeper. And that, that was what I saw during worship. And, you know, please don't shortcut worship for yourself. I know sometimes your mind drifts, and you're like, oh, wait, we're still in worship, you know. But it, take that time to discipline your, yourself, to, to soak in your identity, soak in who you are in Christ. Because what's happening, it's like you're a living thing in him. It's like a plant, right, that is... Just the, the sun is just coming up. You know how it is the, dew's on, the dew is on the ground and you see the little droplets on the grass and the leaves and the plants and everything. You know that as soon as that sun crests over those trees and hits those drops, those plants activate and they start growing. Their roots start growing deeper. They start pulling in that water. The nourishment happens. The life cycle is happening. They're drawing the nutrients that, were, that are in that ground. That's what's happening to you during worship. You know, it's not, it's, we compartmentalize our lives with God. It's like, I'm here at church. Now I'm going to go to work. Now I'm going to spend time with this person. And it's like, I'm hearing something here, but we're not realizing that there's life in this moment being developed and transformed within us to equip us and prepare us and give us wisdom for where you're going. You know, we wait and we find ourselves in difficulty, and then we ask God, God, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, you were supposed to listen two days ago when you were worshiping, so you'd be ready for this moment. But he's not angry. It's just like he's a gardener. He's going to just continue to till that soil of your heart. He's going to continue to give you that life and that nourishment. Will you receive it? Because it is the answer you will need a week from now. Your heart open to God today is what you need a year from now. You understand what I'm telling you? Because what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself in a difficult situation in life, and you're going to think, God, where are you? What happened? Well, you haven't been nourishing, letting your heart be nourished by him in the day-to-day. -day. I'm telling you, that is the mystery of the kingdom. You are not experiencing the kingdom in certain areas of your life because you've not allowed yourself to be nourished by him all along day by day. doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't mean you don't have enough faith. It might just mean you didn't know. Maybe you had a religious perspective of God. You thought he came and went based on your behavior. Just, just right now, just take a minute. Think about that. You are planted in God's kingdom. You have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You have the son, therefore you have the life. The life of God is flowing through you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to your mortal, your physical body in this moment right now. Also, that same spirit is teaching your mind how to think like God. So that next week when you have that decision to make, because you have let yourself be nourished by God, you'll have his wisdom. You'll have his perspective. You'll have his eyes. You'll have his life. You'll have his mind. You won't have confusion. You won't have fear and you won't have worry. And you won't be wondering where he is because you trust him right now. Say, I trust you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mean, make it a daily practice. All the time, just do that. Just become aware that his spirit is active and alive within you. 
And what it's doing, what it's doing is establishing his good plans for you through you. And it is nourishing and teaching you and giving you wisdom. Amen. Right now. Say right now. Right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, if we, if we could get this secret, the body would be so much more healthy. The body would be so, so much, so much more able to receive what God wants to do through us. And it wouldn't be so weird like we're pushing, like we're wondering where he is, you know. I was thinking about that, right? God doesn't give his heart in pieces. First off, God doesn't give his, God is a healthy, whole being, right? He's well-adjusted. His emotions are intact. He knows who he is. He's secure, right? I, that's one of the things I love about Jesus. When Jesus is teaching and he references himself or he makes, he, he kind of, it comes out that he's aware of who he is as he's teaching, Man, I love, the, I love to see those displays of confidence in Jesus, you know, because it's just like he just knows who he is. I love that. So that kind of being, that kind of healthy person, and I'm just going to use that terminology, uh, doesn't give his heart away to unhealthy relationships. You know what I'm saying? You, he counts you worthy of his love. He's not afraid to give you himself. Like God is not needing to draw a boundary with what he's going to give to you because of where you are or where he is. That's how he sees you, right? He, the most healthy, well-adjusted being gives everything because he counts you worthy to be in that kind of relationship with him. To me, that's incredibly powerful. You know, when he gives us Christ, he gives us everything. It's a big deal for me. I know that when I say these kinds of things, it can be misunderstood. Like you were saying, you say things and people hear things differently. I am very, I'm big. It's just part of my call to set people free from performance-mindedness, to set people free from religion, to take those yokes of man's words of what you got to do to please God off of you, to set you face to face with God, knowing that you are at peace with him because of what Jesus did. Amen. And I hear this kind of conversation a lot. And I talk to people about these kinds of ideas. And it's not that I'm against training or education or any of the stuff that I'm about to mention. It's just that let's please do that stuff from the finished work perspective. Do it from knowing who you are in Christ, not because you're trying to get more of God. There is no more of God to get than Christ in you. you God doesn't have anything else to give except Christ. And in Christ dwells the fullness of God. And Christ is in you if you've said yes to him. So there's just this, I, I wanted to address this, that there's, there's two different kinds, there's maybe more, but the kind that I'm, I'm working on some things I've been writing in some courses, I'm developing this course for uh, our identity in Christ. And 
part of this chapter I've been working on is there's two different kinds of performance mindedness. One is pretty easy to spot. Like if you think God gets mad at you because you miss it, that's just overt legalism. If you think that God is withholding from you because you're not tithing, that's just, that's just the performance mindedness. You don't understand the blessing that's in Christ, right? Giving of finances teaches your heart. It doesn't make God say, ooh, doesn't, your, your tithing doesn't make God feel all warm and fuzzy to the point he decides he wants to give to you now. Are you following me? It's these, it's these mindsets, right? It's this thing of, it's even, that, it's even the teaching that changed after the cross that Jesus said, God's not going to forgive you unless you forgive this person. That changed because forgiveness is in Christ now alone. Amen? That kind of stuff is pretty easy to spot. Those kinds of performance mindsets that we carry, it's pretty easy to spot that stuff. It might take you a little bit of education to get to a place where you understand the new covenant before you can shed those kinds of thoughts and, and more so those heart beliefs that keep you from fee that keep you feeling like God's disappointed with you. Amen. But there's another kind of performance that's more subtle and it's more socially acceptable. It's like prescription drugs. I may I may have hit on something there. <laughs> no condemnation. Trust God. So it's mystical performance mindedness is what I call it. This idea that you can get more of God. And you might hear one of your most beloved teachers talk about how he desired so much to experience God that he fasted and he prayed. And then all of a sudden he started experiencing a power like he never had before and he got more of God. Well, that's a poor way of describing him having the experience of opening his heart and letting God flow through him to a stronger degree. You don't get more of God. You might experience more of what you already have, but there's no thing that you need to go find out there to get from somebody else to make you more complete in Christ. It's, it's just not... It's just not so this mystical mindset, this mystical performance mindset thinks it genuinely wants to walk in the power of God. It genuinely wants to be a godly person and display everything that Jesus paid for us to walk in. But it's kind of in this thing, in this vein of always looking for something else. There's, there's something over here that I'm getting. There's, wait, it's, just, it's not that. It's this, and, and, and it's this like constant search that's never-ending. And it's socially acceptable in the church because it looks like you're pursuing spiritual things. When in reality, the truth is, all of that stuff is already in you because Christ is in you. When they arrested Peter for healing the man at the gate that had been sitting there for years and years and years and years and years, they asked Peter, what, what, how are you doing this? What power did you use? Are you a magician? Are you a sorcerer? What are you? What kind of power are you doing this in? And he says, well, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. And then we hear name and we tack in Jesus' name on the ends of all of our prayer, thinking that it's magic. It's like, no, 
What we're talking about is an authority. And, and it's not a mystical authority. Like, you got to figure out how to get more of it from God. Like, you increase in authority through fasting. That's baloney, too. You know, baloney is not real meat. You know what I mean? It ain't real. When, when, when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, why couldn't we cast this devil out? What did he say? Your unbelief. This kind of unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. Not this kind of devil. And it's widely taught you get more power and more authority over higher classes of demons by your fasting and prayer. But Say, baloney. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of that stuff. It's just my call within the body to set you free from that thinking. Because you don't need to go running around trying to figure out how to get more and trying to figure out how to get what you already got. You know, Andrew Womack's got this book, and I love it. The cover's got a dog chasing its tail. <laughs> Was it, you already got it? Is that the name of it? That's what we do in the kingdom. We're chasing our tail. It's like, what is that? I already got it, you know. <laughs> You're trying to get what you already got. Stop it. And there, there are systems in place that will nurture that incomplete mindset. And all it does is it extenuates your codependency. Now, I, I love school. I love learning. I love education. I love training and teaching and gaining knowledge. I love all of that stuff. And I think we all should be engaged in the pursuit of equipping ourselves with right tools and materials. Uh, but not from the place of you're incomplete, and if you do this, you will become more complete. It's just a simple idea, but, but there's areas that we don't recognize it because we don't understand the sufficiency of the fullness of Christ. We don't understand the, 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 the completed picture of who you are in Christ as a result of what he has done in you. So they arrest Peter, and they say, who, what are you doing? How are you doing it? I'm just representing what my king wants. Not me. I don't have this. He even told the guy, I don't, it's, I don't have anything. I don't have physical stuff. What I do have is Jesus. You want him? And he doesn't give his heart in pieces. He does, you don't get pieces of God. You get him all. It's all or nothing. Those of you that don't pray in tongues, it's in you. And it's not weird. It's powerful. Ask him to teach you how to do it. Some of us got these blocks. You know, there's some, some it's religious, some it's insecurity. I don't know. It's, there's all kinds of reasons why we don't let God do things through us. But I hate when religion helps you not let God move through you by helping you think that you're not complete already. Amen? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it's a big deal to me. Because this world needs confident believers that know who Jesus is 
and know the character of God and know how to represent his message without feeling like he's left you without something that you need to do the job. You ever done a job and you got a bad boss and they just don't give you the tools that you need to do the job right or the training? God's not like that. He's not going to send you out there and not back you up. Let's look at this passage here. It's uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.2. 2. Did, you, did you get it in the ESV? Okay. I'm going to read it out of the ESV. I think we're going to put the New King James up here. Um, but though we had all... So this is... Um, it's in context, but he's talking about what they've been experiencing, what the early apostles were experiencing in, in being persecuted. But he addresses this point in the midst of it. So in other words, in the midst of suffering and persecution, this is the state of mind. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. So they have confidence in God. Religion and the mystical performance mindset is trying to develop your confidence in you and in what you have and in what you have labored for and what you have fasted for and what you have paid for and what you have sacrificed and traveled to go get an impartation for to develop your confidence in what you have done and gotten more of. Let me finish this thought. You know, don't, don't fall for that stuff. So our confidence is in God. Here's what being a Christian is in a nutshell. Jesus is standing here. Yes, thank you for what you did for me. Because of what you did for me, I am acceptable to God. Now, this message that you represent of forgiveness and what you want for people and the free gift of righteousness in your sacrifice... I will represent you in this earth and tell people what you did, and it should be evidenced in me. That's it. You're at one with him. You are pleasing to him because you're in Christ. Now you are going around spreading his message and doing what he would want you to do as his representative, fully equipped with all authority that you need to do and, and, and display his will. Pretty simple, right? We represent him because we are at peace with him. So their faith is in God to declare the gospel. Verse 3, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel... So we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Now, it's interesting, and I just did a whole series on this, but real quick, this word tests our hearts is the same word in the Greek as the word approved there. It's, this word tests is not the word where it talks about consider it, count it all joy when you fall into different tests and trials or temptations. In fact, that area in James 1 where it says count it all joy a little further down he says but don't say it's from God so even though the word test is here and we get our minds out of whack when we hear test and test our hearts we think God is crafting experiments for us that's not what he's taught that's not what this it's actually kind of a bad translate the word test there means approved of or made stronger are you you see that it's 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 easy but it's like 
It's so easy that we build complicated religious doctrine on it to make it make sense. But the goal, the whole point here is that they, are, they have boldness and confidence in God. And all they are doing is communicating God's message, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus. And I will do that boldly, as bold as my confidence is in Jesus. So your faith is not strong because of something that you have done. Your faith is, the, the degree of the strength of your faith is your degree of confidence in Jesus. The degree to which you can look in the face of Jesus and say who he is and recognize what he has done and give him credit for all that he wants on this planet, know his character is the strength of your faith. You want stronger faith? Put more confidence in Jesus. You want to walk in more power? Put more confidence in Jesus. You want to experience more of what God has for you? Put your confidence in Jesus. Jesus is the character of God. Amen? Amen. And then you just go and represent. I'm just here telling you what my God wants. I'm just here telling you what my Lord and King wants for you. I'm already approved. I'm not going to falter around and worry about if he's going to turn his back on me. I don't, I don't even I'm not even worried about that. I'm here to represent him to you. Yes, of course, this righteousness that he's given to me and this grace that I have, I'm going to access so that it teaches me to live holy and live worthy of what he's given me. Of course. But Christianity is me enjoying that relationship, representing the message of our king. And the only effective strategy is love in representation. Love is power. Love is prophetic. Love is knowledgeable. It's wise. It will do everything. Everything that we need to do toward this world, love, is the context. And we walk in it. Amen? So that's it. You want to do that? Let's just do that. Let's just represent him. You know, the reason I'm, I'm, wanted, I'm saying it this way is because I want us to recognize you don't have to be lost in wondering where you are with God and wondering how to do all of those things that we know as believers we should be doing because it's in Him and we just represent Him because we are in right relationship with Him in Jesus. And I want to live worthy of what He's given me, don't you? To put this all together and you know it's it's you know I do this at uh, different points where you kind of are forced to stop maybe at a traffic light or you're waiting somewhere for something it, I've done it enough now where it's kind of a natural response for me to just become aware of his presence rest in his spirit in me and, and lean on him to begin to teach me and give me the wisdom that I'm going to need for this next decision that I have or, or whatever it is, just yielding my heart to that transformative process. Somehow make that a daily moment-by-moment -moment choice for yourself. You know I mean? You don't have to do it the way I do it, but put your heart in his hands to be influenced by him daily. Amen? Because he will shape you and mold you to look just like you already are in your spirit 
So you will have the confidence to go into this world, into your mirror, into your family, and into your job to just represent your king. That's all we are doing. Say, say it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Amen? Father, we thank you for your spirit. Thank you for setting us free to be free. And we want to steward that freedom well. We want to walk well in this righteousness that you've, been, that you've given us. And we want to represent you effectively. Thank you for your love for us. God, we are committed to walking in love and telling people your will. Amen. Amen.